Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to the BTSC platform for another another daily show. Today's show is a new one that we have on the platform. This one is going to be called We Run in North. And this show is about the AFC North, formerly the AFC Central, and all the teams in our division, past and present. You know, these are things we need to know. And we'll talk about Different teams will have different guests on through the offseason as we go through this. Different guests from each of the you know fan bases of each of the teams, being the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Uh, you know, these these are things that that we should probably know. Seeing how this is our division, this is this is where we where we get our meat and potatoes, you know. Um, the Bengals just went to the Super Bowl. These guys, we have a team in our division that literally almost won the Super Bowl and probably should have won the Super Bowl. So that, those are some of the things we're going to talk about on this platform. We'll be here every Sunday, probably around this time, Sunday afternoon. And it's, dead, like I said, dedicated to just all the AFC North ongoings, news, shows, players, and things like that. So we can be well-informed as Pittsburgh Steelers fans as to what's going on right in our backyard, which is our division. So today's show is going to be about the division's all-time best team. Each team in the division since its, since its inception in 1970 uh, as the AFC Central back then. So we're going to talk about all the teams, 
all the organizations, which is the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, the Houston Oilers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, and our Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a team, pick pick a season from each team of what I thought was their best year. Kind of talk about that team briefly and just go over it like that. And uh we'll see, we'll see where we go from there. So thanks, thanks, those of you that are joining us. Michael O'Malley, Kyle Johnson. Is it Andrew Villa? Okay. Thanks for joining us right now. Um, so first, just a little bit of history, history on the AFC North. Like I said, the division started in 1970 at the AFL-NFL merger. Uh, the Bengals were the new team at that time. And, and the AFC North, the divi division geographically, all the teams are, are the closest in proximity than any other division in the NFL. So we have short road trips most of the time during the year. You know, it's not that far ride from Pittsburgh to Cleveland or not Cleveland to Cincinnati, you know, Pittsburgh to Baltimore. Everything's close in geographic proximity. So what, what we'll talk about now are some of these teams. Um, first team I want to start with, because the team is no, is no longer in the division, I'd like to start with the, the Houston Oilers. So just pulling this up on my screen here. I'm sorry. Bear with me. The Houston Oilers. So the Houston Oilers, I feel like, I feel like their best team that they had in the division, obviously it was the AFC Central then. And they didn't – in their best season, they didn't win the division, you know. Um but they did make it to the AFC Championship game and lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This was 1978. Um, the Oilers went 10-6, finished second in the AFC Central, had the Office of Rookie of the Year and Office of Player of the Year, and won Earl Campbell, who was a Heisman Trophy winner from the University of Texas. Earl Campbell was a bear. If you if you're old enough to remember Earl Campbell, you know Earl Campbell was a was a monster. But uh yeah, so they went 10 and 6, second in the in the AFC Central to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But like I said, they managed the AFC Championship. And Houston has had a few good teams, especially some of those Warren Moon running shoot teams in the in the late 80s, early 90s were really good teams, but the distinction I used to pick this team was the fact that they made it to the AFC Championship game. None of those other teams made it to the AFC Championship game. If you remember, I think the 92 or 93 Houston Oilers uh, were in the divisional playoff against the Buffalo Bills and had a 32-point lead, and they lost the game. So even though that team had a great regular season, I couldn't really go at that team just because – how they folded in the playoffs. Like I said, this this 10 and 6 Houston Oilers team was second in their division, but made it to the AFC Championship game and lost against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dan Pastorini was the quarterback. They were basically a run-based team. Bum Phillips was the coach. They played at the time in the Houston Astrodome, 
which one is, was one of the eight wonders of the world, if you remember that. I mean, I think I'm showing my age by talking about all these. All I like, I remember the 1978 Houston Oilers. It's kind of when I first started watching football. Um, I was alive and probably about six years old then. But you know, I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a student of the game, so I definitely remember this team. Dan Pastorini, Pastorini was the quarterback. Earl Campbell was the running back. Uh, Kim Burrow and Mike Renfro were the re- receivers. Kim Burrow just passed away last week, I believe. He was uh, a receiver. He wore double zero, and I believe he was like 71 when he just passed away. But, yeah, this, this was a really good team. The Love You Blue team played in the Dome. They were really, really a passionate fan base. So as far as Houston Oilers go, in the AFC Central, all time. That's my all time team for the Houston Oilers. So that's team one. One down, few more to go. The second team I want to acknowledge and sticking with the Houston Oilers. So, you know, later they transitioned to the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans were in the AFC Central with us until realignment when we went to the AFC North. But when the Tennessee Titans, the 1909 Tennessee Titans, Made the Super Bowl was in 1999. They were part of the AFC Central. As far as the Titan franchise, which is really basically connected to the Houston Oilers franchise, but as far as the Titan franchise, I'm going to say the 1999 team. They uh, won the division. I take that back. They finished finished second in the AFC Central. Uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, won the division that year also. This was the team with Steve McNair, Eddie George. They were um, Bruce Matthews, Frank Wycheck. Remember the remember the freak Javon Curse? He was on that Houston Oilers team also. He was I believe he was a, believe he was a rookie then. But uh, this team made it to the Super Bowl. You remember the Super Bowl? I believe it was Super Bowl thirty four, and they lost to the uh, Kurt Warner Rams. Remember. They got down to the goal line. Kevin Dyson stretched for the goal line. Couldn't get in. It was a great Super Bowl. But that team also was the team that made it through the playoffs. They beat the Buffalo Bills in the wild card game. You remember the Music City Miracle? The kickoff throwback to Kevin Dyson. I believe Frank Whitechek threw it back to Kevin Dyson. And he ran it down for a touchdown to win the game as time expired. So they, they won that game against the Buffalo Bills in the, in the wild card. In the divisional round, they beat the Peyton Manning. Peyton, no, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was there. They beat the Peyton Manning Colts, 19-16 in the close game. And then in the AFC Championship game, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's the team that won the division that year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll talk about them briefly in a moment too. But, yeah, that was a great team. I mean, Eddie George was, Eddie George was a monster just like Earl Campbell was, you know, kind of Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans, they kind of built on that identity of toughness in the run game. And, you know, well, much like everybody in this division, we, we know how this division is. So, but yeah, Steve McNair would later be an MVP. I believe like two or three years later, shared the MVP award with Peyton Manning. Jeff Fisher was a good coach back then. I don't know. Like since then, I don't think he was too much of a good coach. He had his problems with Tennessee, later with Vince Young. And then when he went to the Rams, oh, my gosh, Jeff Fisher just, like, lost his mojo, you know? 
So, but that Tennessee Titan team was a really, really good team. And they're the second team that I've that I've gone over in the division originally in the AFC Central because when we transitioned to the AFC North in the two, after 2002, Tennessee went to the AFC South for realignment. So we 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 lost that team and Jacksonville also went to the AFC South for realignment with the Colts and the, the newly founded Houston Texans. So that's where that division is now, AFC South. Two of those teams were in the AFC Central, and the Colts were in the AFC East at the time with the Jets and the Dolphins and those teams like that. So let's move on to the third team in the division that I'll talk about right now. I want to talk about, let's see. Let's do the Jacksonville Jaguars since we're since we're talking about the teams from the from the AFC Central that are no longer in the division. The Jacksonville Jaguars franchise, I believe, came into existence in the 93-94 season. Tom Coughlin was the coach. Uh Mark Brunel was the quarterback, really good quarterback. Tony Baselli, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. They had him also. Um and I think their best season in the division was the 1999 season. Like I said, they had uh, James Stewart was a running back. He was a he was a running back at the University of Tennessee. He was they, they had a dual back system back then? They were really good. James Stewart and a young Fred Taylor. I believe he was probably a rookie or in his second year in 1999. So you know, um, receivers Keenan McCardell. And uh, Jimmy Smith, really good receivers. Mark Brunel at quarterback. They kind of surprised some people those few years because they were such a such a young franchise. They were only like four or five years old, and they 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 this season they managed the AFC Championship game. They won they won the AFC Central with a fourteen and two record in the divisional round. They beat the Miami Dolphins. They, I believe this was uh, Dan Marino's last game. They lost to the Jaguars 62 to 7. The Jaguars smoked the Dolphins. And I think they had high expectations of going to the Super Bowl. Um, they played an in-division rival in the AFC Championship game, the Tennessee Titans, that we just talked about. And they lost that game against the Titans 14, 33 to 14. The Titans won. And that's really tough. I mean, you make it that far, your favorite. You know, and 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 div- division games are so tough. So you know, to have to play a team for a third time, that's tough. And that day, Tennessee just got the better of them. Otherwise, Jacksonville potentially could have made it to the Super Bowl and had been playing the Los Angeles, the St. Louis Rams at the time, as opposed to the Tennessee Titans playing them. But that was that that was a really good team. Like I said, Tom Coughlin was the coach. He would later win Super Bowls with Eli Manning and the Giants, two of them. So I think Coughlin was always a good coach. They say he's real rigid and real strict and kind of runs a, a tough ship. But, you know, hey, his his methods proved to work. AFC Championship team, a team that should have been in the Super Bowl, and then to go to the Giants and get two Super Bowls there, I think Tom Coughlin was a good coach. Fred Taylor was the workhorse on that team, as I indicated earlier. He was young at that time, sharing with – with James Stewart, but Fred Taylor probably should be a Hall of Fame running back. He has numbers. He's over 10,000 yards, I believe like 60-something 60, 60 touchdowns. He, he he carried the franchise for 
a good half a century, half a century, half a decade. <laughs> but so he should, he should get a lot of consideration for the Hall of Fame, Fred Taylor. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, their team in the AFC was it wasn't AFC Central, now in AFC South, going on hard times now. Had the number one pick last year, took Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer was their coach. They got a new coach, fired Urban Meyer, have a new coach going into this year, uh, Doug Peterson. And they have number one pick again. So that's two really bad seasons back to back. But we'll we'll see if they can turn it around. But we really don't care in the AFC South. But we do thank them for beating the Colts this past year, the last game of the year. They got us into the playoffs. So, you know, shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hope you guys have a better season this year. The next team I'll go over here is the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, we know, just made it to the Super Bowl this year. But I don't think this year was their uh, I don't think this year was their best all-time year. They had a good year. They surprised a lot of people this year, you know. Um, went 10 and 7, won a division. Joe Burrow's a stand-up, is is is, is a great quarterback. And I think they'll have a bright future. I think that I think they're they're better see they're better seasons for the Bengals to come. But I think their all-time best season, and like I said, I'm old enough, I've been around a while, was uh the 1981 Cincinnati Bengals. They went to the Super Bowl that year. They were 12 and 4. They won the AFC Central at the time. Um, Forrest Gregg was their coach. Forrest Gregg was a player in the league. He was offensive lineman for the Vince Lombardi Green Bay Packers. Uh, the, so 1981 season, they did win the division, like I said, the AFC Central. In the divisional round, they played the Buffalo Bills. Um, that was a good Buffalo Bills team, too. I believe Buffalo at the time, Joe Ferguson was their quarterback, a running back by the name of Joe Cribs was really good. That Buffalo team was a really good team. And the Bengals beat them 28-21 in the divisional playoffs. So on their way to the AFC Championship game, they had to – in the AFC Championship game, I'm sorry, they had to play at the time the San Diego Chargers, not the Los Angeles Chargers. But that was a good San Diego Chargers team. Um, Dan Fouts, Air Coriel, Coriel, Don Coriel was the coach. Running back Chuck Muncie, you had Kellen Winslow at tight end, John Jefferson, Wes Chandler, the Hall of Famer, Charlie Joyner. That offense was explosive. That offense for the Chargers was like one that we see nowadays. And think about that. This this was in this was 40 years ago. And the offense Dan Faust ran and Air Coriel, it was like that. Those guys could pass the ball. They really could. But the Chargers were kind of at a disadvantage because the Bengals had home field advantage that year. So the AFC Championship game was played at the Old Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, that was that game was called the Freezer Bowl. That's what that game was, was referred to as. If you look it up now, it's Freezer Bowl, uh, January 1982. Uh, that day in Cincinnati, it was minus... Minus nine degrees 
Fahrenheit. Wind chill factor, minus 59. So, you know, you got these guys that pass the ball all around the yard coming from Cali, playing in that. Ohio, right off the river, January weather. Yeah, that's why the Chargers lost that game 27-7. to So, you know, like I said, they were kind of the disadvantage. That Bengals team, Ken Anderson was the quarterback. Oh, you know who else was on that team? Wide receiver? Probably a guy we think is annoying all the time. Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth was a, was a, was a star receiver on that team. Pete Johnson, the big bruising running back. Anthony Munoz on that team, Hall of Famer. I believe Ken Anderson, the quarterback, is a uh, is a quarterback coach now for one of the teams. He's moved around quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think that was a great Bengals team. Like I said, they went 12-4, and four, made it to the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl to the, the first Super Bowl that Joe Montana won for the 49ers. And they lost that game 26 to 21. So that I mean they were competing. And they competed in their in their other Super Bowl in 1988 against the 49ers and Joe Montana. Joe Montana had to take a two-minute drive down the field to win the game. Just like what Stafford did this year. So the Bengals are 0 for 3 in Super Bowls, but they've been, they've all lost by one score. They've been in every one of them that they've been in. So yeah, the 1981 Bengal team is a team that I'm going to go. Go with as being the best all time in Bengals history. Transitioning, one of our one of our main two rivals. I consider the Ravens and the Browns our main two rivals, as far as being, you know, Steeler fans. So the next team I'll talk about in the in, and when they won in division, they're still in the division now, the Cleveland Browns. But at the time, I feel like their best team. We know they haven't had many good teams since the inception of the AFC North. They've never won it. They've never even won the division since it was the Central Division. I believe they last won it in 1988. They haven't won the Central, or they definitely haven't won the North. And we we started that in 2003. But so the best all-time Browns team for my money is the 1986 Cleveland Browns. Um, they wanted they won the division. And it with a 12 and 4 record. They went to the divisional playoffs. They beat the Jets 23-20 in, in, in two overtimes. And then you'll remember they went to the AFC Championship. They host the AFC Championship game. And they ran as, ran into some guy from Denver named John Elway from the Denver Broncos. John Elway, Hall of Fame quarterback, played in five Super Bowls, won two of them probably one of the top five quarterbacks of all time um, in, in spite of the numbers. I think numbers are spiked nowadays because it's just more of a passing league and it's set up to allow quarterbacks and teams to kind of be able to pass and score more, kind of like the, the long ball in baseball, the juiced up ball. You know, people nowadays love offense and stuff like that. We're Pittsburgh Steelers fans, so we understand what a great defense is. We still appreciate defense. But – uh. That Cleveland Browns team, like I said, lost the AFC Championship on the drive to John Elway. He went down 90, 96 yards, I believe, in under two minutes to get them that win. But that still was Cleveland's all-time best team. Cleveland hasn't been to many AFC Championship games since then. I think they may have went to one in next year. That was that was when Ernest Biner fumbled 
That game was in Denver. So this is the difference in the teams. The fact that they were good enough to have home field advantage in the playoffs, I'm going with the, the 86 team over the 87 team. Like I said, that team was Bernie Kozar was the quarterback. You had Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner, both both 2,000-yard rushers. Webster Slaughter. Ozzie Newsom was still playing. He's a Hall of Fame. We all know the Oz. Hall of Fame tight end. But uh, the thing was, was that defense at the time. Uh, Clay Matthews Sr. was a linebacker on that defense. You had you had Michael Dean Perry, the refrigerator's, the refrigerator's brother on that team, causing havoc on the D-line. And then you had the guys that started on this whole dog pound thing that we're still that we're still talking about and used 35 years later, Frank Minifield and, and Hanford Dixon. They were two of the best. They were two of the best corners, thus one of the best corner t- tandems in the league at that time. And that was a team that probably should have won the Super Bowl had they not run into John Elway. Kind of like all the NBA players and teams, great NBA players that, Ran into Michael Jordan. Some of those guys never got an NBA championship. That's kind of what happened to the Browns. They ran into John Elway because that was – he went to his first Super Bowl that year, 86. I believe that's the year they lost – yeah, they lost to the New York Giants. Uh, Jeff Hotsteller was playing for Phil Sims. No, no, Phil Sims won that Super Bowl. Phil, Phil Sims beat John Elway because Denver lost their first three Super Bowls. Elway finally – won his last two towards the end of his career, but he still stopped a lot of teams from the ASC from making it to a Super Bowl. So that 1986 Cleveland Brown team is the team I'm going to say is the, the Browns' all-time best team in their franchise history. So now for our other main divisional rival, the Baltimore Ravens. We know the Baltimore Ravens were part of the AFC Central also because they left Cleveland. Cleveland Browns left in 1994, and they Art Modell moved them to Baltimore. Then they became the Ravens. So they were still in the division, obviously in the division, the AFC Central at the time. But their best, their I think their all-time best team came in the 2000s, which was still AFC Central. And they finished second in the Central that year behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh has won a division a lot of times. When I, when I talk about them next, I'll let you know how many times they've won the division from its inception as the AFC Central to the transition to the, to the AFC North and where we're at now in 2022. But the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, second place in the AFC Central, uh, that was a team. Trent Dilfer was the quarterback, but that team was all about defense. That's like outside of the 85 Bears. Some people put the, I believe, the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers in there. But for my money, the Chicago Bears at 85 and the Baltimore Ravens of 2000, obviously, and the Steel Curtain in the 70s. But those are three of the best defenses all time ever. And the Ravens won off that defense. And we had we, we had a pro bowler on that team, well, on the Ravens team, 
Rod Woodson was on that team. He played free safety then. He made the Pro Bowl. He was all pro. You know, Rod Woodson's my all-time favorite Steeler. That's why I even mention it. I just I just love Rod Woodson. But uh they won the wild card game. They went, what was the record? They went 12 and 4 that year, second AFC Central. Uh they they went and played in the wild card round. They played the Denver Broncos and beat them 21 to 3. I believe John Elway was going by then. I believe that was that was the Jake Plummer. Baltimore, I mean Denver Broncos. But Baltimore won that game 21 to 3. They went on to the divisional round, played the Tennessee Titans. It was a tough game because you know, like think about it, Titans was just a Super Bowl in 99. So that division, the AFC Central, you had you had the Titans, you had the Ravens, you had the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are always competing. So for a while, we had six teams in that division before the realignment. So that division was tough. I mean, think about all those teams that are just competing every year getting to the playoffs and not even the division, not even the division champ makes it to the Super Bowl. We're talking about the second place team in a lot of these situations, a lot of these instances, but they, they, they beat in a re in a third time matchup with the Tennessee Titans. They beat the Titans 24, 10. I believe that was the game that uh, Ray Lewis just crushed Eddie George. And I feel like that was the game on a hit in the hole, kind of like, what Rob Spillane did to Derrick Henry a couple seasons ago. But, you know, getting hit by Rob Spillane and getting hit by Ray Lewis are two totally different animals. And I feel like that hit kind of took took the football out of Eddie George, man. Eddie George was never the same after that. He played for a few years after that, but he was never the same after that, you know. So that was the, that Ray Lewis hit. But that was a divisional round. They beat the Tennessee Titans. Then they went on to the, to the AFC Championship game. They traveled out to, I believe, at the, I can't keep up with where the Raiders are, but I think they were in Oakland again then. They played Oakland in the uh, AFC Championship game, and they beat those guys 16-3. to So, you know, they went through the Broncos, the Titans, the Raiders. Then they played the Super Bowl against the Giants. I believe that was... I'm trying to think who the quarterback for the Giants was. I want to say Kerry Collins had been rebirthed in New York because he was originally in Carolina. But, yeah, their defense just showed up and and crushed the Giants, 34-7. So with that defense, the fact that they won the Super Bowl, Brian Billick was the coach. Um, I feel like that was the, the Baltimore Ravens' best. They, they've had a, quite a few good teams, though, so – I'm not knocking any other season, good, great season that Baltimore's had. I just feel like this was the one. They won the Super Bowl, was with defense. I mean, because the other Super Bowl they won, in, was it 2012? It was against the 49ers. It was hardball against hardball. Um, I believe that game was like 34-31, so it was high scoring. So this obviously to beat the Giants 34-37 was a much more dominant effort. So, you know, I kind of feel like, that was their all-time best team. So now transitioning to a, to our team, the final team, and you know the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a lot of great seasons, a lot of great seasons. I could have won any number of directions, any number of places. We've won a division, I believe, like 25 times over the course since 1970. That's basically over 
just a little over, but still over, over half my lifetime. Um, I've been a Steeler fan myself personally since the first football game I remember watching was the Super Bowl 1980 Super Bowl, which was 1979 season when the Steelers played the Rams. That's the first, my first memory of football was that game, watching it with my dad and my uncle uh, that year. Um, I probably was like seven or eight years old. So I I actually remember watching that Super Bowl. Um, and so it just ha- so happens that my favorite all-time Steeler team was a year before that, the 1978 team. Pittsburgh Steelers. They went 14 and two. Obviously they won their division, the AFC Central at the time. Uh, That team had, obviously we know the 70 Steelers, Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Mike Webster, you know, um, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth. I remember the, the tight end, Benny Cunningham. I liked Benny Cunningham. Um, that defense, we know the Steel Curtain defense. Mean Joe, Elsie Greenwood, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Donnie Shell, Mel Blunt. Man, look at all the Hall of Famers on that defense. I mean, so, and they, like I said, they went 14 and 2, won the AFC Central in the playoffs. They hosted the Denver Broncos in the divisional round. They won that game 33 to 10. The AFC Championship game, if you remember, the first team I started with was the Houston Oilers, also in the AFC Central. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat that Houston Oilers team in the AFC Championship that year. They beat the brakes off of them, 34-5. to They shut down Earl Campbell. Dan Pastorini was throwing all kinds of interceptions. But, you know, like I said, so the bar is different. Pittsburgh – all the great teams they have. And even though the Oilers got, got Molly Watt that game, that's their best all-time team because that team made it to the AFC Championship game. So, but the Steelers, like I said, handle business at home against the Oilers. And in the Super Bowl, they played the Dallas Cowboys for the second time. We all know we're 2-0 against the Dallas Cowboys. It should probably be 3-0 minus some Neil O'Donnell errant passes, but uh, which was not until 1995, which would from that from this game was almost 25 years later. But yeah, we beat the Dallas Cowboys in that Super Bowl game. That was the Lance Swan Super Bowl game. He had all the great catches. He was the MVP. Um, yeah, that, that, that that's when I really started started around the time I really started liking the Pittsburgh Steelers and just having an admiration for them in my. My, my black and gold loyalty just was birthed during those years. So, you know, the best all-time Pittsburgh Steelers team to me, 1978, 14-2 Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers. So those are just some of the things. Um, we have a few minutes left. I'm going to I'm gonna look in the live chat and just see what uh, what people are talking about. If anybody has anything... To comment or ask, let me know. Um, let's see. Look at a few of these comments. Um, 
Randy Grossman. Shea Richards says Randy Grossman. I remember, I remember Randy Grossman too. I think he was also the tight end with um Benny Cunningham. He was a uh, he was a really really good tight end. Um, some people think uh, Brian Brian Black Blacklock says Colin Colin yes is that Chris Collins being somebody that annoys us all? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Super Bowl XL was a great one. A true classic. Super Brian, Brian Blackstock again. Super Bowl XL was a great one. Super Bowl XL, that's was that 45? That was against the uh Arizona Cardinals, right? Yeah. I'm 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 not always on top of my Roman numerals, but I believe X is Maybe X is 50 and L is I could be all wrong, man. But yeah, I believe that was the one with Arizona Cardinals. Definitely definite classic. Big Ben driving down, taking uh taking that like that last that last drive in the fourth quarter, hitting San Antonio Holmes in the right corner of the end zone. Also, one of the biggest plays in that game in the Super Bowl history was James Harrison's 100 yard interception return. That was definitely a classic. Um, just looking at some of these other live chat comments. I'm not sure, Mark Lee. You said you, you think we had number one offense and number one defense in 1978. I'm not sure, but the offense was explosive because we had those receivers on the edges with Swan and Stallworth with Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer running the ball. And we know that defense was – I don't know the exact ranking in 1978, but they had to be up there. Probably number one, like you said. But, uh, okay, thanks, George. XL was 40. So that 40 would have been the one against the Seattle Seahawks, right? In Detroit, Jer- Jerome Bettis' last game. Because 45 was the one in Arizona. Okay. Um. So, yeah, so... Appreciate all the comments. I might, I probably didn't get to, I, obviously I didn't get to all of them, but I appreciate, let's see, y'all forgot about Tony Brackens and Fred Taylor on Jacksonville. I, I, I to uh, my bell, he's actually, he's actually one of my, one of my co-hosts on my podcast, I Know It All podcast. He commented, we forgot about Tony Brackens and Fred Taylor. Well, we mentioned Fred Taylor. If I'm honest, I don't remember Tony Brackens, but you know, we'll look him up. We'll, we'll, we'll know more about him. So, but you know, so we're, we're we're not gonna keep you too long. But this is just in just the first first show we run in North. Just an idea of this. Just just the basics of what we'll talk about, and we'll 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 get down into into more uh, granular detail about each of the franchise, each of the teams as the season comes up. Uh, like I want to have a have a show where we talk about all-time best divisional quarterbacks. You know, so you figure we've been in a division for 52 years. There's been a lot of great quarterbacks. I mean, before we break it down, just off the top of my head, I have to say it's between, you know, number seven and, 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 and the original TB12, Terry Bradshaw. I don't know. But, you know, so we'll talk about different positional rankings as far as the division, 
We'll talk about the draft and team needs, you know, depending on the week, if, if there's if there's breaking news on, on a particular team in our division, you know. So we'll talk about a lot of different things every Sunday, Sunday afternoon, probably around this time, you know, four, five, sometime like that. But uh, I appreciate you all for, for hanging with us. Um, be sure to check out the, all, all the other shows on, on the Behind the Steel Curtain uh, platform of shows. Uh, I believe tomorrow is Monday, Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride audio platform. Tomorrow evening, you'll have Brian Anthony Davis heading up the team, him and Tony Defio and Shannon White on um, The Hangover. You Generally, mon Monday afternoon is about 5 o'clock, and just all the great shows they have every week. Um, I hope you enjoyed this this content today. Like I said, we'll we'll be providing more information about the AFC North. You can find me um, on here. I'm contributing every Sunday on on, on this particular this particular time slot. Um, but you can find me on the Know It Alls podcast. You can see right there on my name. We have a show this evening at 6:30 Eastern. We just talk about sports in general and other things like that. So you know, give us a look and check us out. Outside of that, thanks for joining. And let's go. Here we go, Steelers. Peace. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.